The following content is provided under a Creative Commons license. Your support will help MIT OpenCourseWare continue to offer high-quality educational resources for free. To make a donation or view additional materials from hundreds of MIT courses, visit MIT OpenCourseWare at ocw.mit.edu. All right, good morning, everyone. Uh, let's get started. Uh, today's lecture is about a randomized data structure called the skip list. And uh, it's uh, a data structure that, uh, obviously, because it's randomized, we'd have to do a probabilistic analysis for. And uh, we're going to sort of raise the stakes here a little bit with respect to our expectation, uh, the pun intended, uh, of this data structure uh, in, in the sense that we are not going to be happy with just doing an expected value analysis or to get what the expectation is of uh, the search complexity in a skip list. We're going to introduce this notion of uh, with high probability, which uh, is a stronger notion than just giving you the expected value or the expectation uh, for uh, uh, the complexity of a search algorithm. And we're going to prove that uh, uh, under this notion uh, that search has uh, a particular complexity you know, with high probability. So we'll get to the with high probability part a uh, little bit later in the lecture. Uh, but we're going to just start off doing some cool data structure uh, design, I guess, uh, corresponding to the skip list. Uh, the skip list was, is a relatively young data structure invented uh, by a guy called Bill Pugh in 1989. So not much older than you guys. Uh, it's uh, relatively easy to implement, uh, as you'll see. I, I won't uh, really claim that, uh, but hopefully you'll be convinced by the time we're done describing the structure, uh, especially in comparison to balanced trees. And uh, we can do a comparison after we do our analysis of the data structure as to what the complexity comparisons are for search and insert when you take a skip list and compare it to an AVL tree, for example, uh, or a red-black tree, uh, et cetera. Uh, in general, when we have a data structure, uh, we want it to be dynamic. Uh, the skip list maintains a dynamic set. What that means is not only do you want to search on it, Obviously, it's uninteresting to have a static data structure and do a search. Uh, you want to be able to change it, want to be able to insert values into it. Uh, there's the complexity of insert to worry about. You want to be able to delete values. And uh, the richness of the data structure comes from the operations and the augmentations you can do on it. And the skip lists are no exception to that. So if you want to maintain a dynamic set of n elements, and you obviously know a ton of data structures that do this, each of which has different characteristics. And this is, if you ignore you know, hash tables, uh, this is your uh, first real randomized data structure. Uh, if, you just take, if you're just taking 6006 in this class, might have seen randomized structures in other classes. So we're going to try and do this in order log n time. 
Uh, as uh, you know, with bi balanced binary uh, trees, uh, you can do things in order log n time, a, a ton of things, pretty much everything. Um, that is interesting. Uh, and this, uh, given that it's ran randomized, it's a relatively easy analysis to show that the expectation or the expected value of uh, a search would be order log n, uh, expected time. But we're going to, as I said, raise the stakes, and we're going to spend a ton of time the second half of this showing the with high probability result. Uh, and uh, that's a stronger result than just saying that search takes expected order log n time. All right, so that's the context. Um, you can think of uh, a skip list as beginning with as a simple linked list. So we have one linked list, and that linked list, let's first think of this as being uh, unsorted. Right, so suppose I have a linked list which is unsorted, and I want to search for a particular value in, that, in this linked list. And we can assume that this is a doubly linked list, so the arrows go both ways. Um, you, have a, uh, you have a pointer, let's say, just to the first element. So if you have a, a list that's unsorted, and you want to search for an element, you would want to do a membership query. If there's uh, n elements, the complexity is order n. Right, so a linked list, the search takes order n time. Now, let's go ahead and say that we, have, we are sorting this list. So it's a sorted linked list. So your values here, 14, 23, 34, 42, 50, 59. They're sorted in ascending order. You still only have a pointer to the front of the list, and it's a doubly linked list. What is the complexity of search in the sorted linked list? Log n? Oh, I, I wanted to hear that. Because it is? It's order n. Log n is, uh, yeah, that was a trick question, right? Um, I, I said that uh, uh, because I, I like that answer. The person who said log n gets a Frisbee. Is, do, do, does the person want to admit? <laughs> oh, it was you. Okay, all right. There you go. There you go. All right. Um, so um, uh, log n uh, would imply that you have random access, right? Uh, if you have an array that's sorted, and you can go a of i, and you can go a of i divided by 2, or a of 2i, and you can go directly to that element, then you can do binary search, and you can get uh, log n, right? Order log n. Uh, but uh, here, the sorting uh, actually doesn't help you uh, with respect to uh, the, the, the search, uh, simply because you have to start uh, from the beginning, from the front of the list, and you've got to keep walking. The only place that it helps you is that if you know it's sorted, and you're looking for 37, you can stop after you see 42, right? Uh, and that's pretty much the only place that it helps you. But it's still order n, because that could happen 
on average, is going to happen halfway through the list, right? Uh, if for a given membership query, right? So it's still still order order n for a sorted linked list, right? But now let's say that we had two sorted linked lists. Um, and how, do, how are these two uh, uh, linked lists structured? Well, they're, they're structured in a certain way. And let me draw out our canonical example for uh, skip list that I'm going to keep coming back to. So I won't erase this, but I'll, I'll, I'll draw one out. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine elements. And so that's my first list, which is sorted. And so I have 14, 23, 34, 42, 50, 59, 66, 72, and 79. Um, what I'm going to have now is another list sort of on top of this where I can move from top to bottom, et cetera. But I'm not going to have elements on top of each bottom element. By convention, I'm going to have elements on top of the first element, regardless of how many lists I have. We only have two at this point. And so I see a 14 which is exactly the same element duplicated up on the top list. right? And that list is also sorted. But I won't have all the elements in the top list. I'm just picking uh, a couple here. So I got 34, 42. They're adjacent here. And then I go all the way up to 72. Uh, and I duplicate it, uh, et cetera. OK? Um, now, this looks uh, kind of random. Uh, anybody recognize these numbers? No one from the, the great city of New York? No? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, subway stops on the, uh, the 7th Avenue express line, right? <laughs> so. So this is exactly the notion of a skip list. The fact that you have, uh, could you stand up? Great. All right. Um, so uh, the notion here uh, is that uh, you don't have to make a lot of stops if you know you have to go far, right? So if you want to go from 14th Street to se se uh, the 72nd Street, uh, you just take the, uh, the express line. But if you want to go to 66th Street, uh, what would you do? <laughs> uh, well, that's one way. Uh, that's, that's one way. Uh, that's not the way I want it. Uh, the, the way we're going to do this is we're not going to overshoot. Right? So we want to minimize uh, distance, let's say. So that's our, our, our secondary thing is going to be minimizing distance traveled. Right? Uh, uh, and so you're going to pop up the express line, um, go all the way to 42, 42nd Street, 
And uh, you're, you're, you're going to say, if I go to the next stop on the express line, I'm going too far. And so you're going to pop down to the local line. So you can think of this as being a link list L0 and, and link list L1. Uh, you're going to pop down, and then you're going to go to 66.3. OK? So um, search uh, 66 uh, will be uh, going from 14 to 42 on L1. And, and then from 42, uh, let's just say that's uh, uh, not a, uh, that's walking. Uh, 42 to 42, uh, L1 to L0, and then 42 to uh, 66 on, on L0. So that's, uh, that's the basic notion of a skip list. So you can see that it's really pretty simple. Um, what we're going to do now is uh, do two things. I want to think about uh, this uh, double sorted list as a data structure in its own right before I dive into skip lists in general. And I want to analyze kind of the, at some level, the best case situation for worst case complexity. Okay? Uh, and by that I mean I want to structure the express stops in the best manner possible. Right? These stops were structured for passengers because they figured fancy stops on 42nd Avenue, whatever, fancy stores, everybody wants to go there, uh, and so on and so forth. So you have 34, pretty close to 42, uh, because they're both popular destinations. Um, but uh, let's say that uh, you know, things were, uh, you know, I guess, more egalitarian and uh, uh, randomized, if you will. Uh, and what I want to do is I want to structure this double-sorted list so uh, I get the, the, the best worst case complexity for search, OK? Um, and so let's do that. Uh, and uh, before I do that, uh, let me write out um, the search algorithm, which is going to be important. I want you to assimilate this, uh, keep it uh, in your head, because we're going to analyze search pretty much for the rest of the morning here. Uh, and so uh, I'll write this down. You got a sense of what it is uh, based on what I just did here with this example of 66, but uh, worth writing down. Uh, we're going to walk right in the top linked list. So this is simply for two linked lists. And we'll, we'll generalize at some point. So we want to walk right in the top linked list, L1, until going right would go too far. Now, there was this uh, answer with 72, uh, which I kind of dismissed. But there's no reason why you can't overshoot one stop and go backwards. Right? It would just be a different search algorithm. It's not something we're going to analyze here. It turns out in analyzing that for with high probability would be even more painful than the painful analysis we're going to do. Uh, so we won't go there. OK? Uh, so, and then we walk down to the bottom list. Uh, so, uh, and the bottom list, we'll call it L0. 
and walk right in L0 until the element is found or not. And you know that uh, if you've overshot. So if you're looking here for uh, 67, you're going to, uh, uh, when you get to 72 here, uh, you've seen 66, and when you get to 72, and you're looking for 67, uh, search fails. Right? It stops and fails, doesn't succeed in this case. So that's what we got for, uh, that's what we got for search. Um, and that's our two-link list argument. Uh, now our analysis essentially says, um, what I have is I'm walking uh, right on, uh, on uh, uh, at the bottom list here, and my uh, top list is, uh, is, is, is L1, so I start with L1. So go ahead and, and, uh, and my search cost is going to be approximately the length of, length of L1. Uh, this is now uh, worst case analysis. Uh, I could go all the way on the, on the top list, right? It's possible. And, uh, but I'm going to be, uh, I, for a given value, I'm going to be looking at only a portion of the bottom list. I'm only going to go, I'm not going to go all the way on the bottom list ever. I'm only going to be looking at a, at a, at a portion of it. So it's going to be L0 divided by L1. If I have interspersed my express stops uh, in, a, in a uniform way, right? So there's no reason if I have, if I have 100, 100 elements in the bottom list, uh, then, uh, and if I had five, in the, just for argument's sake, five in the top list, then I'd put them at, uh, at uh, let's say, the zeroth position, 20, 40, 60, et cetera. Right, so I want to have roughly equal spacings, but we need to, uh, we need to uh, uh, make that a little more concrete, a little more precise. And what I'm saying here simply is that this is the cost of traversal in the top list, and this is the cost of traversal in the bottom list, because I'm not going to go all the way in the bottom list. I'm, I'm only going to go a portion on the bottom list. Right? Uh, everybody gets that? Yeah? All right, good. So, if I want to minimize this cost, which is going to tell me how to scatter these elements in the top list, you know, how to choose my express stops, if you will, I want to, I want to scatter these in a, in a uniform way, then I, uh, uh, this uh, is, is minimized when terms are equal. Right, you can go off and differentiate and do that. It's uh, fairly standard. Uh, and what you end up getting is you want to get um, uh, L1 square equals L0 equals N. Right, so all of the elements are down at the bottom list. And so uh, the cardinality of the bottom list is N. And uh, roughly uh, speaking, you're going to um, end up optimizing if you uh, have this satisfied, which means that L1 is going to be square root of n. Okay? So uh, what you've done here is you've said uh, a bunch of things, actually. You've decided how many elements are going to be in your uh, top list. If there's n elements in the bottom list, 
you want to have uh, square root of n elements in the, in the top list. And not only that, in order to make sure that this works properly uh, and that you don't uh, get a worst case cost that is not optimal, you do have to intersperse the square root of n elements uh, in, at regular intervals uh, in relation to the bottom list on the top list. Okay, so pictorially, um, what this means is it's not what you have here. What you, what you, what you really want is, is something that, uh, let's say, looks like this, where this is, uh, this part here is square root of n elements up until that point. And then uh, let's say we go from here to here, square root of n elements. And maybe I'll have a, a, a 66 here, because that's, that's exactly where I want my square root of n. Uh, basically, three elements in between. So I got 66 here, uh, et cetera. And depending on what, uh, I mean, I chose n to be a particular value here, but you get the picture. Right? So, uh, so the search now, as you can see, if you just add those up, you get square root of n here. Uh, and you got n divided by square root of n here. So that's square root of n as well. So the search cost is order square root of n. Okay? And so that's it. That's uh, the first generalization that, uh, and, the, and really the most important one, uh, that uh, comes from going from a single sorted list to uh, an approximation of a, of a skip list. Okay? So uh, what do we do if you want to make things better? So if you want to make things better, are we happy with square root of n? No. no. Well, what's our target? Log n, obviously. Right? Well, I guess you could argue that our target may be order 1 at some point. But for today's lecture, it is order log n with high probability. All right? We'll leave it at that. Um, and so um, what, what do you do if you, want to, uh, uh, if you want to go this way and generalize? Uh, you simply add more lists, right? I mean, this seems to be pretty much the only thing we could do here, right? So let's go ahead and, and add a third list, right? So um, if you have two sorted lists, that implies I have two square root of n, if I want to be explicit about the constant in terms of the, the search cost, assuming things are interspersed exactly right, okay? Keep that in mind because that is going to go away when we go randomized. We're going to be flipping coins uh, and, and things like that. But so far, things are very structured. Um, what do you think? We won't do this analysis. The cost is going to be, if I intersperse optimally, what is the cost going to be for a, for a search? When I have three, three sorted lists. Cube root. Great guess. Who said cube root? You already have a Frisbee. Give it to a friend. I need to get rid of these. All right. Um, so it's going to be a cube root, and the constant in front of that is going to be 3. So you have, right? So let's just keep going. You have k sorted lists. You're going to have k times the kth root of n. Okay, that's what you got. And I'm not going to bother drawing this, but essentially what happens is 
you are making the same number of moves, uh, which corresponds to the, the root of, of n, the corresponding root of n, at every level. Okay? Um, and the last thing we have to do to get a sense for what happens here is we have log n sorted lists. Right? So the number of levels here is log n. Right? So this is starting to look kind of familiar because it, it, it borrows from other data structures. And what this is is I'm just going to substitute log n for k. And I got this you know, kind of scary looking. I was scared the first time I saw this. Uh, this is n. Right? So it's the, the log nth root of n. Okay? And so it's kind of scary looking. But what is the log nth root of n? And we can assume that n is a power of 2. 2, exactly. So not that scary looking. That's because I'm not a mathematician. That's why I was scared. So 2 log n. Okay. Right? So, so that's, that's it. I mean, so you get a sense of how this works now. Right? Um, we haven't talked about randomized structures yet. But I've given you the template that's associated with the skip list, which essentially says, um, what I'm going to have are, if it was static uh, data items, then, uh, and, and n was a power of 2, then essentially what I'm saying is, I'm going to have a, a bunch of items, n items, at the bottom. And I'm going to have n over 2 items at the, uh, at the, the list that's just immediately above. right? Uh, and each of them are going to be uh, alternating. You're going to have an item in between. And then on the top, I'm going to see uh, n over 4 items and so on and so forth. Right? What does that look like? Kind of looks like a tree, right? I mean, it doesn't have the structure of a tree in the sense of the edges of a tree. It's, it's quite different because you're connecting things uh, differently. You have all the leaves connected down at the bottom of this so-called tree with these, this doubly linked list, but it has sort of this, you know, the triangle structure of a tree. Right? And that's where the, the log n comes from. So this would all be wonderful if this were a static set. And if uh, for, you know, n doesn't have to be a power of 2, you could pad it and so on and so forth. But the big thing here is that uh, we haven't quite accomplished uh, what we, want, we set out to do, even though we seem to have this log n cost for search. right? But it's all based on a static set which doesn't change. And the problem, of course, is that you could have deletions. Uh, you want to take away 42. right? For some reason, you can't go to 42nd Avenue. Right, or I guess our, <laughs> you can't go to alewife would be a better example. Um, so, uh, so you know, stuff breaks, right? Uh, and, and so you, know, you take stuff out and you insert things in. Suppose I wanted to insert 60, 61, 62, 63, and 64 into that list that I have. What would happen? Uh, yeah, you're shaking your head. I mean, that log n would go away, right? So it would, it would, it would be a problem. Um, and so I, what we have to do now is move to the, uh, the probabilistic domain. We have to think about what happens when we insert elements. We need an algorithm for insert. So then we can start with a null list and, and build it up. And uh, when you start with a null list and you have a randomized algorithm for insert, it ain't going to look that pretty. It's, uh, it's going to look random. Uh, but you have to have a certain amount of structure so you can still get your order log n. Right? So you have to do the insertion appropriately. So that's what we have to do next. Um, but any questions about that complexity that I have up there?
All right? Good. I want uh, a canonical example of a list here. Uh, and I kind of ran out of room over there. So bear with me as I draw you uh, as, I, as I draw you uh, a, a more, more sophisticated skip list that has a few more levels. Uh, and uh, the reason for this is um, uh, it's only interesting when you have uh, you know, three or more levels. Uh, this, the search algorithm is kind of the same. You go up top, and uh, when you overshoot, you pop down one level, and then you do the same thing uh, over and over. Uh, uh, but uh, we, are we, are, we are going to have to bound the number of levels in the skip list in a probabilistic way. We have to actually discover the expected number of levels uh, because we're going to be uh, doing inserts in a randomized way. And so it's worthwhile having a picture that's a little more interesting than the picture of the two linked lists that I had up there. Right? So I want, I want to, I'm going to leave this on for uh, the, the rest of the lecture. So that's our bottom, and that hasn't changed from our, our previous examples. Um, I'm not going to bother drawing uh, the, the horizontal connections. Uh, when you see things adjacent horizontally at the same level, um, assume that they're all connected, all of them. Right. And so I have four levels here. And you can think of this as being uh, the entire list or part of it. Uh, just to delineate things uh, nicely, we'll assume that 79, which is the last element, is all the way up at the top as well. Sort of the, the terminus, the two termini, corresponding to our analogy of uh, subways. Uh, and so that's our topmost level. Uh, and then I'm, I might have uh, uh, 50 here at this level. That's what that looks like. I will have 50. So the invariant here, and that's another reason I want to draw this out, is that if you have a station at, at the highest level, uh, then uh, you will have uh, 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 it's got to be sitting on something. So if you've got even 79 at level 4, uh, or level 3 here, if this is L0, uh, then you will see 79 uh, at, uh, at L2, L1, and L0. And if you see 50 here, uh, it's not in L3, so that's OK, but it's in L2, so it's got to be at uh, L1 as well. Of course, you know that everything is down at L0. So this is interesting from a standpoint of the relationship between um, Li and Li plus 1, where i is greater than or equal to 1. Okay? So uh, the implication is that if you see it at Li, uh, then it's going, uh, it, 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 if you see it at Li plus 1, it's going to be at, um, uh, at Li and uh, Li minus 1, if that happens to exist, uh, et cetera. Um, and so one last thing here, to just to finish it up, um, I got uh, 34 here, which is an additional thing which ends there, so the highest level is, uh, is, is the second level, or L1. 
uh, this is uh, 66, uh, and then that's it. So that's our, that's our skip list. Um, so if you wanted to search for 72, uh, you'd start here, uh, and then you'd, uh, you'd go to 79, or you'd look and say, oh, 79 is too far, uh, so I'm going to pop down a level, uh, and then you'd say 50, oh, good, I can get to 50, uh, 79 is too far, so I'm going to pop down a level, uh, and then uh, you go to 66, 79 is too far, and at 66 you pop down a level, um, and, and then you go 66 to 72. Okay? So same as what we had before, hopefully it's not too complicated. Um, so that's our skip list. It's still looking pretty uh, uh, structured, uh, looking you know, pretty regular, right? But if I start taking that and start inserting things and deleting things, it could become quite irregular. Right? I mean, I could take away 23, for example, and there's nothing that's stopping me from taking away 34 or 79. You've got to delete an element, you've got to delete an element, right? I mean, the fact that it's in four levels you know, shouldn't make a difference. Um, and so, so that's something to keep in mind. So this could get pretty messy. Um, so let's talk about insert. I've spent a bunch of time skirting around the issue of uh, what exactly happens uh, when you uh, insert an element. Turns out delete is pretty easy. Um, insert is more interesting. Let's do insert. So. To insert an element x into a skip list, the first thing we're going to do is search to figure out where x fits. Into the bottom list. So you do a search just like you would if you were just doing a search. Um, you always insert into the appropriate position. So if it was a single sorted list, I, that would pretty much it, be it. Right, so that part is easy. If you want to insert 67, you go uh, do all of the search uh, operations that I just went over, and then you insert 67 uh, between 66 and 72. Right? So do your pointer manipulations, what have you, and you're good. Right? But you're not done yet, because you want this to be a skip list, and you want this to have expected search over uh, any random query as the list grows and shrinks of order log n expectation and also with high probability. So what you're going to have to do is when you start inserting, you're going to have to decide if you're going to what is called promote these elements or not. And the notion of a promotion is that uh, you are going up and duplicating this inserted element some number of levels up. Right? So if you just look at uh, how this works, uh, it's really pretty straightforward. Uh, what is going to happen is simply that, let's say I have 67, and I'm going to insert it between 66 and 72. That much is a given. That is deterministic. Then I'm going to flip a coin, right? Or spin a frisbee, right? I like this better. Right? I'm not sure if this is biased or not. It's probably seriously biased, you know? <laughs> would it ever, would it ever? You know, go the other way is the question. Would it ever? No. <laughs> All right. So that we got a problem here. 
I think we might have to do something like that. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm uh, procrastinating. I don't want to teach the rest of this material. <laughs> so, uh, uh, all right, all right, all right. Let's go, let's go. Uh, so I, I'd like to uh, I'd, I'd like to insert uh, into some of the lists above, and the big question is, you know, which ones? And uh, it's going to be really cool. I'm just going to well flip coins, fair coins, and decide how much to promote these elements. So flip fair coin. If heads promote x to the next level, up and repeat. Else, if you ever get a tails, you stop. And this next level up may be newly created. Right? So, so what might happen with the 67? Uh, is that you stick it in here, and it might happen that the first time you flip, you get a tails, in which case uh, 67 is going to just be at the bottom list. But if you get one heads, then you're not only going to put 67 in here, you're going to put 67 up here as well, and you're going to flip again. Okay? Uh, and if you get a heads again, you're going to put 67 up here. Okay? And if you get a heads again, you're going to put 67 up here. And if you get a heads again, you're going to create a new list up there. And at this point, when you create the new list, it's, it's, it's only going to be 67 up there. right? And that's going to be the front of your list. okay? Uh, because that's the one element that you're, you're duplicating. So you're going to keep going until you get a tails. Right? Now, that's why this coin had better be fair. okay? Uh, so you're going to keep going, and you're going to keep adding Every time you insert, there's a potential for increasing the number of levels in this list. Now, the number of levels uh, is going to be uh, bounded in expectation and with high probability, a regular expectation. But I want to make it clear that every time you insert, if you get a chain of heads, you're going to be adding levels. Okay? And so the first time you get a tails, you just stop. Right? You, just, you just stop. So you can see that this can get pretty messy pretty quick. Right? And especially if you are starting from ground zero and adding 14, 23, all of those things, the bottom is going to look exactly like it looks now. Because you're going to put it in there, it's deterministic. But the very next level after that look pretty messy. You could have all of them chunked up here and a big gap, et cetera, et cetera. So it's all about randomized uh, search cost. The worst case cost here is going to be order n. Okay? Worst case cost is going to be order n, because you have no idea where these things are going to end up. But the randomized cost is what's cool about this. Okay? Any questions about insert? <coughs> about anything I said? Yeah, go ahead. 
Uh, so, uh, the, the, well, you'd go n down and n this way, right? Um, you, you would uh, you would be checking, so it, it would be auto ran. Yeah, the worst case, right? Worst case is infinity. Oh, in that sense, yeah. Okay. So so well, n elements. Uh, Eric is right. Um, so what's happening here is that you have a small probability that you will keep flipping heads forever. <laughs> okay. So at at some level, uh, you know, if you take if you somehow take that away and you use frisbees instead, right, or you truncate it. Let's say that you know, at some point you, you ended up saying that you only have n levels you know, total, right? Uh, but uh, I, uh, that's, so it's, it's not a, 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 I should have gotten, gone there. It's, it's, it, it's a, the question has to be posed a little more precisely uh, for, for the answer to be order n. You have to have some more limitations to avoid the case that, that Eric just mentioned, which is uh, in the randomized situation, you will have uh, 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 the possibility of getting an infinite number of heads. Okay. Yeah. Question back there. Yeah. You can certainly do capping, uh, 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 and you can uh, uh, do uh, a bunch of other things. Uh, it ends up becoming something which uh, is not as clean as what you have here. Uh, the analysis is is is, is messy. Uh, and it, it's sort of a in between a randomized data structure, a purely randomized data structure, and a and a deterministic one. All right. So uh, it, it, I think the important thing to bring out here is uh, the worst case is much worse than order log n. Okay. Cool. Good. Thanks for those questions. Um, and so, uh, what we have here now is an insert algorithm that could make things look. Uh, pretty, pretty messy. I'm going to leave the insert up here, um, and that, of course, is part of that. Um, now, let's talk about, uh, for the rest of the lecture, we're going to talk about why skiplets are good. And we're going to justify this randomized data structure and show lots of nice, uh, nice results uh, with respect to the expectation on the number of levels, expectation on the number of moves in a search, regardless of what items you're inserting and deleting. Um, one last thing, uh, to delete an item, uh, you just delete it, you find it, search, and delete at all levels. So you can't leave it in any of the levels. So you find it, and you have to have the pointers set up properly, you know, move the, left, uh, the, the, the previous pointer over to the, to the next one, et cetera, et cetera. We won't get into that here, but you have to do the delete right, at every level. Uh, yeah, question? Um, so what happens if you like, inserted heads and you put um, the tail? Because that's like the first element not going into the other one, like up all the way. Like, how do you do search? Uh, so typically what happens is you need to have a minus infinity here. Uh, and that's a good point. It's a corner case. You have to have a minus infinity that goes up all the way. All right. Good question. Um, so, so the question was, uh, what happens if I had something less than 14 and I inserted it? Well, that doesn't happen because uh, nothing is less than minus infinity, and that goes up all the way. Right? But thanks for bringing it up. Um, and so uh, we're going to do a little uh, warm-up uh, warm lemma. I, I, I don't know if you've ever heard these two terms in juxtaposition like this, warm-up and lemma. Right? But here you go, your first warm-up lemma. Uh, I guess you'd never have a warm-up theorem, right? It's a, it's a warm-up lemma for this theorem. 
right, which is going to take a while to, uh, to, to prove. Um, this, this comes down to, uh, trying to trying to get a sense of how many levels you're going to have from a probabilistic standpoint. The number of levels in an n element skip list is order log n. And I'm going to now define the term with high probability. Right? So what does this mean exactly? Um, well, what this means is order log n is something like c log n plus a constant. Let's ignore the constant. And let's stick with c log n. And with high probability uh, is a probability that um, is, is really a, a function of uh, n and alpha. And you have this um, inverse polynomial relationship uh, in the sense that the, uh, obviously as n grows here, um, and alpha uh, is, uh, uh, we'll assume that uh, alpha is uh, greater than 1, uh, you are going to get uh, a decrease in this quantity. So this is going to get closer and closer to 1 as n grows. Right? So that's the difference between with high probability and just sort of giving you an expectation number where you have no such guarantees. What is interesting about this is that as n grows, uh, you're going to get uh, a higher and higher probability. And this constant c is going to be related to alpha. That's the other thing that's interesting about this. So it's like saying, and you can kind of say this for uh, 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 using Chernoff bonds that we'll, we'll get to in, in, in a few minutes, even for uh, uh, expectation as well. But what this says is that um, if, for example, c uh, doubled, then uh, you're saying that uh, you your, uh, your number of levels is, is order 4 log n. I mean, that, I understand that that makes, doesn't make too much sense, but it's less than or equal to 4 log n plus a constant. Uh, and that 4 uh, is going to get reflected in the alpha here. Right? And that 4, the in, the, and when, you go, when the 4 goes from 4 to 8, the alpha increases. So um, the, the more room that you have with respect to this constant, the higher the probability, it becomes an overwhelming probability that uh, you're going to be within those number of levels. Right? So you, maybe there's a 80% you know, probability that you're uh, within uh, 2 log n. But there's a 99.99999% probability that you're within 4 log n, and so on and so forth. Right? So that's the kind of thing that this with high probability analysis tells you explicitly. Okay? Um, and so you can do that. You can do this analysis. Um, uh, fairly straightforwardly, uh, and let me uh, do that on a, on a different board. Uh, let me go ahead and do that over here. Actually, I don't even need this. So let's do that over here. And so this is our first with high probability analysis. And I want to prove that warm-up lemma. So usually what you do here is you look at the failure probability. So with high probability is typically something that looks like 1 minus 1 divided by n raised to alpha. And uh, this part here is the failure probability. And that's typically what you analyze and what we're going to do uh, today. So the failure probability is that it's not less than c log n levels. It's the complement of what we just looked at, um, which is the probability that it's strictly greater than c log n levels. 
okay? And um, that's the probability that some element gets promoted greater than c log n times. Right. So why would you have uh, more than c log n levels? It's essentially because you inserted something and that uh, element got promoted strictly greater than c log n times, um, which obviously implies that uh, you had the sequence of heads, and we'll get to that in a, just a second. But before we go to that step of figuring out exactly what's going on here as to why this got promoted and what the probability of each promotion is, um, uh, what I have here is I have a, um, a, a, a sequence of inserts potentially that I have to analyze. And in general, uh, when I have uh, an n element list, I'm going to assume that each of these elements got inserted uh, into the list at some point. So I've had n inserts, right? Uh, and we just look at the case where you have uh, uh, n inserts. Uh, you could have deletes, and so you could have you know, more inserts, but uh, it won't really change anything. You have n inserts corresponding to, uh, uh, to each of these elements. And one of those n elements got promoted uh, in this failure case greater than c log n times. Okay, That's essentially what's happened here. Um, and so you don't know which one, but uh, you can typically do this in with high probability analysis because the probabilities are so small and their uh, uh, inverse polynomials uh, are one over uh, polynomials like n raised to alpha. You can use what's called the union bound that I'm sure you've used uh, before in some context or the other. And you essentially say uh, that this is less than or equal to the probability that um, uh, a particular element x, so you just pick an element, an arbitrary element x, um, but you pick one, gets promoted greater than c log n times. Right. So you have a, a small probability. You have no idea whether these events are independent or not. The union bound doesn't care uh, about it. Uh, it's like saying you've got a 0.001 probability that uh, any of these elements could get uh, uh, promoted greater than c log n times, and there are uh, uh, 10 of those elements. Uh, you don't know whether they're independent events or not, but you can certainly use the union bound that says the overall failure probability is going to be less than or equal to uh, n equals 10, in my example, times that you know, 0.001. Right? That's basically it. Um, now you can go off and say, what does it mean for an element to get promoted? Uh, what actually has to happen for an element to get promoted? And uh, you have n times 1 over 2 uh, because you're flipping a fair coin. Okay? And uh, you are getting a c log n uh, heads here. Right? So you're starting, you flip, and you get up to that, uh, uh, that, that you get one promotion, uh, and uh, you're going uh, you know, one, uh, there's two levels associated with the promotion, the level you came from and the, and the level you, you went to. Uh, and so a, a promotion is a move. So you're going to have uh, uh, one more level. Uh, if you count levels, then you have uh, the number of promotions, right? Um, that just uh, it simply corresponds to uh, uh, taking this one half and raising it to C log n, because uh, uh, that's essentially the number, of, uh, uh, the, 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 the number of promotions you have. Um, and uh, you got n 
1 half c log n, and uh, what does that uh, turn into? Uh, what, is, uh, what is n times 1 half c log n? A, a, a 1 over 2 raised to log n would give you? 2 raised to log n is? Is n, right? So, um, so you got n divided by n raised to c, which is 1 divided by n raised to c minus 1, which is 1, raised, uh, 1 divided by n raised to alpha, where alpha is c minus 1, right? So, so that's it. That's our first with high probability analysis, right? Not too hard. Um, what I've done is done exactly what I just told you uh, that the notion of with high probability is. Uh, you have a failure probability that is related inverse polynomial and the uh, degree of that polynomial alpha is related to C. And so that's what I have out there with C equals, um, uh, what did I have? Alpha equals C minus 1 or C equals alpha plus 1. Right? So, so what I've done here is done an analysis that tells you with high probability how many levels I'm going to have given my insert algorithm. Okay? Um, so this is the first part of uh, what we'd like to show. This just tells us how big this skip list is going to grow vertically. It, it doesn't tell us anything about the structure of the list internally as to whether uh, the, the randomization is going to cause that pretty structure that you see up here to be completely messed up to the point where we don't get order log n search complexity because we're spending way too much time, let's say, on the bottom list or the list just above the bottom list, et cetera. So we need to get a sense of, um, uh, uh, of, of how this, uh, this structure corresponding to the skip list, whether it's going to look somewhat uniform or not. We have to categorize that. And the only way we're going to categorize that is by uh, analyzing search and counting the number of moves that a search makes. And the reason it's more complicated than what you see up there is that uh, in, in a search, as you can see, uh, you're going to be moving at different levels. Uh, you're going to be moving at the top level, uh, maybe at a relatively small number of moves. You're going to pop down one, move a few moves at that level, pop down, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a lot of things going on in search which happen at different levels. And the total cost is going to have to be all of the moves. Right? So if you're going to uh, think about all of the moves, uh, up moves, down moves, and add them all up, they all have to be order log n with high probability. Uh, uh, there's no getting around that, because each of them costs you. Right? So, so that's the thing that uh, we'll, we'll spend the next uh, uh, 20 minutes on. And uh, the, the theorem uh, that we'd like to prove for search um, is that, this is what I just said, any search in an n element skip list cause order log n WHP. So it doesn't matter how this skip list looks. There's an n elements. They got inserted using the insert algorithm. That's important to know. We're going to have to use that. And uh, when I do a search for, uh, for an element, it may be in there, it may not be in there. It uh, doesn't really matter. We'll assume a successful search. Uh, that is going to cost me order log n with high probability. Right? And the cool idea here, uh, in terms of analyzing the search, in order to 
uh, figure out how we can going to add up all of these moves is we're going to analyze the search uh, backwards. Right? So that's a cool idea. So what does that mean exactly? Well, what that means is that we're going to think about this, this B search, which I uh, think of it as the backward search, uh, starts, um, and it actually ends. So that's what I'm writing in brackets here, uh, at the node in the bottom list. So we're assuming a successful search, um, as I mentioned before. Um, otherwise, it would, uh, the point would just be in between two uh, members. Uh, you know that uh, it's not in there because you're looking for 67, and you see 66 to your left and, six, and 72 to your right. right? So either way, it works. But keep in mind uh, that it's a successful search because it just makes um, it, things a little bit easier. Um, now, at each node that we visit, um, what we're going to do is we're going to say that if the node was not promoted higher, then what actually happened here was that when you inserted that particular element, you got a tails. Because otherwise, it would have been, you would have gotten a heads. Uh, that, that element would have been promoted higher. Then you go, and that really means that you came from the left-hand side. So you make a left move. Now, search, of course, makes uh, down moves and right moves. But this is a backward search, so it's going to make left moves and up moves. And uh, what else do I have here? Uh, running out of room. So uh, let me. Don't want to. Just continue with that. All right. Um, and then the other case is if uh, node the node was promoted higher, that means we got heads here in that particular insertion. Then we go, and that means that during the search, we came from upstairs. And then lastly, we stop which means we start when we reach the top level or minus infinity, if we go all the way back. So, so that's it. Uh, a lot of writing here, uh, but this should make things clear. So uh, let's say that we're searching for, searching for 66. Okay? I, wanted, I want to trace through what the backwards path would look like and keep, the, keep that code in mind as I do this. Right, so I'm, I'm searching for 66. And obviously, we know how to find it. We've done that. But let's go backwards as to uh, what ex exactly happened uh, when we looked for 66. Um, when we look for 66, uh, right at this point, when, we, when you see 66, where would you have come from? You would have come from the top. Okay? Uh, uh, and so uh, if you go look at. Uh, what happens here, the node, uh, when it got inserted, was promoted one level. Right? So, 
So that means that you would go up, uh, up top uh, in the backward search first. Your first move would be going up like that. Right? Now, if there's a 66 up there, you would go up one more. Right? But if there's not, so you go left. Okay? You, 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 go to, you, you go to 50. And when you, see, when you have a 50 up here, would you stay on this level? No. You'd go up to, to 50 because the first chance you get, you want to get up to the higher levels. Right? So, and again, this 50 was promoted, so you go up there, you go to 14, and uh, pretty much that's the end of that. So this would look like um, you go like that, you have an up move, then you have a, a left move, different colors here would be good. Uh, then you have an up move, then a left, and, and then an up. Okay? So, so that's, our, that's our backward search. And it's not that uh, complicated, hopefully. Uh, if you're looking for 66 or 59, you know, you do that. So it's much more natural, and you just need to flip it. Right? <laughs> Why am I doing all this? Well, the reason I'm doing all this is that uh, I have to do some bounding of the, uh, the, the moves. And uh, I, I know that the moves that correspond to the up moves are probabilistic in the sense that the reason I'm making them is because I flipped heads at some point. Okay? So all of this is going to turn into counting how many coin flips come out heads in a long stream of coin flips. Right? So that's what this backward search is going to allow us to do. Right? And that crucial thing is what we'll, we'll look at uh, next. So the analysis itself is a, is a bit painful, uh, there, but there's a bunch of algebra. But what I want to do is to make sure that you get the, the high-level uh, picture, number one, and, uh, and the insights as to why, uh, the, why uh, the expected value or the bit-high probability value is going to be order log n. But the, the key is uh, the strategy. Right? So we're going to go off and we can prove this theorem. Um, our backward search makes up moves and left moves. We know that. Right? Um, each with probability one half. And the reason for that is um, when you uh, when you go up, it's because you got a heads, and if you didn't get a heads and you got a tails, that means you, 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 you go left, right? Because of the previous uh, element, every time you're passing these elements that uh, uh, were inserted, and they were inserted by flipping coins, right? So, so that's uh, key point number one, right? All of that, if you look at what happens here, when I drew this out, you got heads here, and you got tails there, so each of those things for a fair coin is happening with probability one half. Right? It's all about coin flips here. Um, now, the number of moves going up is less than the number of levels. The uh, number of levels is one more than that. And we've shown that that's C log n with high probability, right? By the warm-up lemma, that's what this just did. 
the number of up moves, I mean, you can't go off the list here. I mean, this list is now, you're not inserting anymore, you're doing a search. So it's not like um, you're going to be adding levels or anything like that. Right? So the number of up moves we've taken care of. Right? So this last thing here, which I'm going to write out here, is the key observation, which is going to make the whole analysis possible. Right? And so this last thing, it says that the total number of moves. So now the, the, the total number of moves has to include, obviously, the up moves and the left moves. And there's no other kind. Um, the total number of moves um, is going to uh, correspond to um, the number of moves till you get C log n up moves. Right. So what does that mean? Um, there's some sequence of heads and tails that I'm getting, each of them with probability 1 half. Um, every time that I got a heads, I moved up a level. The fact of the matter is that I can't get more than C log n heads because I'm going to run out of levels. Okay, That's it. Um, I'm going to run out of room vertically if I keep popping up and keep uh, doing up moves. So at that point, I'm, I, I'm, I'm forced to go, to go left. Right? Maybe I'm going left in the middle there when I still had a chance to go up. Uh, that corresponds to getting a tails as opposed to a heads. But I can limit the total number of moves uh, from a probabilistic standpoint by saying uh, during that sequence of coin flips, I, I only have a certain number of heads that I could have possibly gotten. Because if I got more heads than that, I would be up top. You know, I'd be uh, uh, out of the, the skip list. And that doesn't work. Right? So the total number of moves is the number of moves till you get C log n up moves, which essentially um, corresponds to, uh, in, now forget about skip list for a second. Um, it's, uh, our claim is the, the total number of moves is the number of coin flips so these are the same, because every move corresponds to a coin flip, um, until it's a fair coin, probability 1 half, until C log n heads have, have, have been obtained. Right? So the, the number of coin flips uh, until C log n heads is the total number of moves. This equals that. Um, and uh, what we don't want to show, uh, if you believe that, uh, and hopefully you do because uh, the argument is simply that you run out of levels, that this is order log n WHP. Right? That's why it's a claim. Right? So uh, the observation is that the number of coin flips as you flip a fair coin until you get C log n heads will give you the number of moves in uh, your search total number of moves in your search. Uh, it includes the up moves as well as the left moves. And now what we have to show is, uh, uh, is that that is going to be order log n with high probability. Okay? Um, and then once you do that, uh, you've done two things. You've, uh, uh, you've bounded the number of levels in the, in the skip list 
uh, to be order log n with high probability. And you've said the number of moves in the search is order log n with high probability, assuming that the number of levels is c log n, obviously. right? You've, you've, uh, so it's not that these two, it's not that the bottom one subsumes the top one. It's the last thing to keep in mind as we get all of these uh, items uh, 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 out of the way. This assumes that there are less than or equal to c log n levels. Right? That's the only reason why I could make an argument that I run out of levels. Right? So if I have this event A here, if I call this event A, and I have this event B, what I really want is to sh I've shown you that event A happens with high probability. That's the warm-up lemma. I need to show you that event B happens with high probability. And then I have to show you that event A and event B happen with high probability. All right? Because I need both. Uh, any questions? Worth stopping a minute here. Uh, the rest of the analysis, bunch of algebra. We'll get through it. You can look at the notes. This is this is the key point. And if you got this, you got it. Yeah. So, the, so the, the argument is that um, uh, since you have one half, uh, you, can you can you simply say that the expected number of uh, uh, expected number of left moves uh, is going to be uh, the same as the uh, same as the up moves? You can make arguments about expectation. You can say that at any level, the number of left moves that you're going to have is going to be two in expectation, right? It's not going to give you your with high probability uh, 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 proof. It's not going to relate that to, uh, to the 1 divided by n raised to alpha. But I will tell you that if you just wanted to show uh, expectation for search is order log n, you won't have to run through all of these, uh, jump through all of these hoops. Right? Um, at some level, you'll be making the, the assumptions that I've made explicit here through my observations when you do that expectation. So if you really want to write a precise proof of expected uh, value for search complexity, uh, you would have to do a lot of the things that I'm doing here. Right? Uh, I mean, this is, it's a, I'm not saying you waved your hands. You did not. But, uh, but, um, uh, but it, it needed more you know, to, than what you just said. Right? Okay. Uh, so, so this is pretty much uh, what the analysis is. Right? Yeah, with high probability analysis, we bounded the vertical. We bounded the number of moves. Uh, assuming the vertical was bounded, uh, we, uh, we got the result for the, for the number of moves. So both of those happened with high probability you got your result, which is uh, the theorem uh, that, uh, that we uh, have somewhere. Whoa, did I erase the theorem? It's somewhere, right. <laughs> um, all right, good. So, so let's, uh, let's uh, do what we can with respect to, this, uh, to showing this theorem. Um, there's, a, there's a couple of ways that you could prove this. Uh, there's, a, there's a way that, uh, uh, that uh, you, could, you could use. Uh, uh, a, a, a Chernoff bound, and this is kind of a cool uh, result that I think is worth uh, knowing. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this, uh, but this is a seminal theorem by, by Chernoff uh, that says um, if you have uh, a random variable, um, representing 
the total number of tails, let's say, it could be heads as well, in a series of m, not m, m independent coin flips where each flip has a probability p of coming up heads, um, then for all r greater than 0, we have uh, this beautiful result that says the probability that y, which is a random variable, uh, a, a, a particular instance or when you uh, evaluate it, uh, that it is uh, larger than the expectation by r is bounded. Right? So uh, just a beautiful result that says, here's a, ra a random variable that corresponds to uh, flipping a coin. Um, I'm going to flip this a bunch of times. And I know what the expectation is. If it's a, if it's a, uh, a, a fair coin of 1 half, then I'm going to get m over 2. Expected number of heads is going to be m over 2. Expected number of tails is going to be m over 2. If it's p, then uh, obviously it's a little bit different, p times m. But uh, what I have here is uh, the fact, uh, if you tell me what the probability is that I'm 10 away from the expectation, and that would imply that r is 10, then that is bounded by e raised to minus 2 times 10 square uh, divided by m. Right? So that's uh, Chernoff's, uh, Chernoff's bound. And you can see how this relates to our with high probability analysis. Because our with high probability analysis is exactly this. This is the hammer that you can use to do with high probability analysis. Because this tells you, as you get further and further away from the average, or you, you get further and further away from the expectation, what the probability is that you're going to be so far away. Right? What is the probability uh, that uh, in, a, in, a, in a hundred uh, coin flips that are fair, you get um, uh, uh, 50 heads? It's a reasonably large number, because the expected value uh, corresponds to um, uh, 50. So r is 0. Right? So that just says this is a kind of, well, it doesn't tell you much because uh, this says it's less than or equal to 1. Right? That, that's all it says. Uh, but uh, if you had 75, right? uh, what are the probability that you get 75 heads uh, uh, when you flip a coin 100 times? Then uh, E of y for a fair coin would be 50, R would be 25, and you'd go off and you could do that math for that. Right? So it's a beautiful relationship that tells you what, how the probabilities change as uh, your random variable uh, value is further and further away from the expectation. And you can imagine that uh, this is going to be very useful uh, in uh, uh, showing, uh, showing our uh, with high probability result. And uh, I think what I have time for is uh, just to give you a, 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 a sense of uh, how this result works out. I'm not going to do the algebra. I don't think it's uh, worth it to, uh, to write all of this on the board when uh, you, can, you can read it in the notes. But the bottom line is we're going to show this little lemma right? that says um, for any C, uh, there's invoking this uh, Chernoff bound, there's a constant D such that 
with high probability the number of heads in flipping d log n, right? So I have a new constant here. d log n fair coins or, or a single fair coin d log n times assuming independence is at least c log n, right? So what does this say? A lot of words, right? It just says, hey, you want a, 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 an order log n bound here eventually. The beauty of order log n is that there's a constant in there that you control, right? That constant is d, okay? So you tell me that c log n is, uh, is 50, right? So uh, uh, c log n is 50, then uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to say something like, well, um, if, I, if I flip a coin a thousand times, okay, then I'm going to have an overwhelming probability that I'm going to get 50 heads, right? Uh, and that's it. That's what this theorem says. This lemma says, excuse me. Right? It says, uh, tell me what c log n is. Give me that value. And I will find you a d such that by invoking Chernoff, I'm going to show you an overwhelming probability that uh, for that d, you're going to get at least c log n heads. Okay? So everybody buy that? Makes sense? Uh, from what you see up there? Yep. So, so this essentially uh, can be shown. It turns out that what you have to do is, and you don't have to choose 8, but you can choose d equals 8c. Okay? Just choose d equals 8c. And you'll see the algebra in the notes corresponding to um, uh, what each of these values are. So uh, e of y, uh, just to tell you, would be m over 2. You're flipping m coins, e, a fair coin with probability 1 half. So you got, you got m over 2, right? And then the last thing that I'll tell you is that um, uh, what you want in terms, of, uh, uh, in, in terms of invoking that, you want r, remember we're talking about tails here. So r is going to be uh, uh, d log n minus c log n, right? So you just invoke Chernoff uh, with e of y equals m over 2. And uh, what you're saying here is you want c log n heads. Uh, you want to make sure you get, you want to make sure you get c log n heads, which means that the number of tails is going to be uh, d log n minus c log n. And uh, typically, we analyze failure probability. So, so what this is, is this is going to be a tiny number. So um, it, 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 the failure is when you get fewer than c log n heads, right? So the failure is when you get fewer than c log n heads. And so that means that you're getting uh, 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 more than d log n minus c log n tails as you're flipping this coin, right? Uh, fewer than c log n heads means uh, you're getting at least d log n minus c log n tails. So that's why this is your r here. And then when your r gets that large, and you can play around with the d and the c and choose d equals hc, you, can, uh, you realize that this is going to be a minuscule probability, right? And it's, it's even better. Uh, you can turn that around uh, to uh, a polynomial, again, a little bit of algebra. But you can show, you can show this result out here uh, that says that the number of coin flips until c log n heads is order log n with high probability by appropriately choosing the constant d to be some time number over, uh, over C, all right? So I'll let you do that algebra, but there's one last thing that uh, uh, we're not quite done. So you thought you were done, but we're not quite done. 
And why, why is it that we are not quite done? Real quick question, worth five Frisbees, right? Why is it that we are not quite done? What did I say? I, I, I've done event A and event B, right? I haven't done, I haven't done uh, at the last thing, which is to show that uh, probability of event A, this is with high probability, happens. And I need to show that probability of event A and event B is, uh, happens, uh, or this is with, with, with high probability. Or I should just say event A and event B uh, happen with high probability. Okay? And you can see that. It's, it turns out it's pretty straightforward. But you got, you got the gist of it. Thanks for being so patient. And there you go, guys. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Right? <laughs>